This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I, I'm just going to share just a little bit about where God's had me, I guess, the past couple weeks. Maybe months. I don't know how long it's been. Um, but it's this, this, um, this natural versus spiritual. And um, how if we get caught up in seeing our world through the natural, that we, there's no way we could, experience, we could expect or experience a spiritual result. You can't see in the natural and expect a spiritual thing to happen. And, um, and he's just been speaking to me about coming up higher and seeing it from his perspective and looking at the world through his perspective and not, um, I, th- I think it's important to, to not be completely oblivious to what's going on, right? But um, it, it can't stop there. That anytime we see something that's going on in our world, we have to then go to Papa and be like, God, you're, you're never afraid. You're never worried. There, there, literally, there's no fear in you. There's no worry in you. There's nothing that you're worried about. And there's only joy and life and love and all this stuff. And so it, whatever's happening in my world, you have a perfect strategy for that to be overcome. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, um, I'm going to start somewhere that I'm a little scared to start there, but I'm going to do it. And I feel like, um, okay, cool. Um, so, well, you're with me until I say where we're going. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> we're going to go to Job. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Good old Job. Um, so you can go there. You, you don't have to. Um, but uh, so where, what got me here, I've never read Job. I, I know the story from like as a, a kid in Sunday school, you know, and you see the cartoon of Job. But I've never had this desire to read Job. Like I've never... Yeah, it was like Superbook or whatever. But I have never had this desire to read Job. And um, Judah, my now year old, um, he loves pages in anything, and especially love the pages in the Bible because they, you know, go like this. So he's flipping through my Bible, and you know, he wasn't tearing anything out. So I'm like, okay, keep going. <laughs> so he lands on Job, and um, and God was like, you need. That's where I'm at right now, and I need you to read it. And so what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to read it, um, but let me just read it, and then I'll, I'll share. Okay, so we're going to start in uh, chapter, 30, chapter 40. I'll let you get there. Verse 6. Um, I literally have in my notes, I found God here. Like, I... I've been a, a born-again believer since I was five years old. So that's like 34 years of, no, 30 years. I don't know. Thir- 29, I don't know. Something like that. It wouldn't be 34 because then I would have been an infant. Anyways, I was 
born, it's been a long time. And, um, <laughs> and I think that we can easily put God in this. Okay. I see me and I see my world and like, I think we forget how big and how mighty and how powerful he really is. I think we can easily put him in. It's like, yes, he's a loving father. And yes, he's amazing. And yes, he sees only us individually. But he is still God. And I think if we lose sight of the, the vastness of our God, that then we lose sight of his ability on our behalf. And so... In verse 6, it says, this is basically Job is doing exactly what uh, Pastor Abel spoke about last night, about, or last night, last week, um, and the week before about, yeah, try in your own effort. It'll amount up to nothing, pretty much. That his grace is sufficient. That is, it's, it's him that takes care of everything. And so Job is all in his self-righteousness, and he thinks that, oh, you know, I can do it and everything like that. And God's like, Okay, then the Lord answered Job, this is verse 6, out of the whirlwind and said, now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Would you indeed, in all my judgment, would you condemn me that you may be justified? Have you an arm like God? Or can you thunder with a voice like his? Then adorn yourself with majesty and splendor. And array yourself with glory and beauty. And God goes, I mean, he, he speaks, and we're going to go jump down to um, verse 40. One, I'm sorry, chapter 41, verse 1. And it says, can you draw out Leviathan with a hook? So I looked up what Leviathan is, and it's like this ancient creature in the water. And, um, and it's like no one could get close to it. It would just demolish ships and all that stuff. And so it says, can you... Draw out the Leviathan with a, with a hook or snare his tongue with a line which you lower. Can you put a reed through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he speak softly to you? Will he make a covenant with you? Will you, pay, will you play with him as with a bird? Or will you leash him with your maidens? Will, you com, will your companions make a banquet of him? Will they um, appropriate... I'm going to go down. Basically, he's saying, can you even get close to this guy? Can you even, even, even come to a place where, where he'll even, even in verse 8, it says, lay your hand on him. In verse 9, it says, indeed, any hope of overcoming him is false. Shall one, shall one not be overwhelmed at the sight of him. No one is so fierce that he would dare stir him up or then is able to stir against me. Who has preceded me that I should pay him? Everything under heaven is mine. And I, I, I kept reading and reading and reading. It talks about the horse and it talks about the this creature that's probably was a dinosaur, I don't know, a dinosaur maybe or something. But it's basically God saying, can you even get close to the most fiercest of creatures? Can you even get anywhere near them? And it stopped me in my tracks because I, I was like, wow, I've, 
I've, I've lowered my, stand, my, my view of you, God. I've lowered my... I, I've, I haven't seen you as, as strong as you really are. I think we forget that the God we serve, the God that sent Jesus down from the cross, to the cross is the maker of all heaven and earth. That he literally spoke life and the sun was there. That the earth was there. That the universe was there. And we don't serve a weak God. And um, it says, first the natural, then the spiritual, right? So the Old Testament is everything was natural. There was giants and there were, there were battles and, and everything was God with the Israelites and and everybody else, right? And then the spiritual, which is the new covenant, and everything in here is, is, it's all pointed to the spirit realm. We can't live this life with a natural mindset because God's not there. God's like, come over here. Let me show you my vastness. Let me show you my bigness so that you see this for what it really is. And it's really small. And I think what hit me the most is like, we look at sickness, even COVID, you know, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying six foot rule and I'm not downplaying, you know, all that stuff. I'm just, I think we just, we downplay the bigness of God and we downplay the blood of the lamb, you know, like, does this make sense? And it could be just like me, I was downplaying it, you know? But everything about God is first the spiritual now and now and then the natural. That he, he, he wants to invade our, our reality so much so that, that we are so um, overcome by him that everything we do in the natural is explosive. Like explosive. He has given us, like I was, I was watching... Um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and so I was watching the the Mandalorian. And if you know anything about like the Force, you know, and how the Jedi's connect to the Force, and that's where they get their strength and their power and all that stuff. And um, there's this Baby Yoda. If you've, <laughs> I'm sure you've heard of him. If you haven't ever seen the Mandalorian, but this little being lays hands on this guy when he he there was an infection and he got hurt in his arm and he just, he just touched him and it went completely back to normal as if it was never hurt. And then there was another time where there was fire coming and, and he held his hand up and the fire doesn't hurt anybody. And I sat there and I was like, God, we actually have the power to do that. Like we, we downplay our ability to walk in the spirit. Like, we downplay his ability inside of us, that the God of all creation, the, the Father of glory, has given to us everything we need, and it's bigger than just our day-to-day stuff. Does, am I, does that make sense? So, um, okay, so I want to, let's go to, yeah, let's go, to, hold on a second. What is, um... Well, I'm just going to say John 4, 24, it just kind of goes along with God is spirit and we worship him in spirit and in truth. So it just kind of goes with the fact that like 
we approach him, everything that we do is, is in the context of he's spirit being. We're spirit beings. Okay, so that's that. All right, let's go to Colossians 3.1. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. So, um, and I, I don't want to actually take up too much time because I really feel like um, we're kind of going to jump back into um, that place of he, he just, he wants to touch us tonight in, in a way that is personal and corporate and whatever, but um, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's such an opportunity for us to encounter God tonight. That if, and we should always expect to encounter God everywhere we go, right? Like, but I think if we just, Let's just do something real quick. Let's just let's just close our eyes. And let's just find Jesus. Maybe he's right in front of you. Let's just let's just tell him. Uh, that we mean business with him tonight. So just say, Jesus, I mean business with you. That this is a me and you night. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Colossians 3, 1. And I'm reading from the Passion, but it's good in all the versions. Uh, It says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power. And think about like, remember power, like that dunamis power, that explosive power of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Come on. Your, circum- your, cru- your crucifixion with Christ has served the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is. Come on. For who he really is, for who he truly is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. I think it goes back to um, the, the simple truth that, um, you know, if you want to know who you are, you look at your daddy. If you want to know, if you want to get to know who you are, you got to look at your daddy. You got to look at God. You have to see, find his love. You have to find his truth. Like it's, you are so wrapped up in him. And um, he is the one that tells us who we are. We can easily, obviously, look to the world and, you know, easily they're going to try and tell us who we are. But he's the one who tells us who we are. 
And I think like what I love is to feast our eyes, our thoughts on the things above, on his reality, on his ability, on our behalf. And, um, yeah. Second Peter, and I'm just going to throw out some scriptures. You can go there, but I'm just going to kind of read through them. Um, but Second Peter 1, 3 through 4 says, that we, part of it says, we are partakers of the divine nature of Christ. And I feel like he wants to set us like free from this like jumping from all these different places when we can see ourselves that's why I said like you know if you want to know who you are look at your daddy because in looking at your daddy God father God you'll realize that you're a son you'll realize that you're a daughter. And when you realize that you're a daughter or a son, you no longer will see yourself as um, a slave to the system, um, an orphan. And I think like, you know, we know these things, right? It's not like, I mean, I'm probably talking, I'm preaching to the choir, right? So I think that's, you know, just to be real with you guys, I think that's what's always so a little bit, you know, hard is like Wednesday night people, like you guys know a lot, you know? So it's not like, it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm sharing something that you don't already know, but I think that sometimes just to get reminded of the fact that we're princes in his kingdom, that we're princesses in his kingdom. And I love what Chris Valentin said one time where it was like, you know, prince will always, a, a Slave will always turn a palace into a prison, and a prince will always turn a prison into a palace. And so I think that's the I feel like he just wants to kind of like jolt us a little bit, just kind of like make us realize one, how big he is, two, how small sickness and, and, and weakness and pain and disease really is. Three, how he paid the price for all of that. That he, he literally, everything was paid for. Everything's been paid for. That it's just us stepping into that reality. And I think that's what I, I want, even personally for my, myself tonight, is I want to step into that reality more. You know, I can't go up to someone and put my hand on them and, and I see... I mean, I should be able to. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm saying, I'm saying I'm not walking in what I know is possible. We have more authority as believers than we give ourselves credit for. He has given us all authority, not just a little bit of authority. He's given us all authority. We have all authority over cancer. We have all authority over any cyst. We have all authority over, over diseases. We have all authority over 
demons and demonic powers, we have authority. He has given us authority. And, and I think it's one thing to talk about it. It's also one thing to know it, know it. And it's a whole nother thing to literally walk it out. And, um, Pastor Sally and, and our, our staff meeting, Pastor Sally brought up this, um, um, uh, John G. Lakes, and it was the, some, um, plague that was in, I think, Africa, I'm not sure, but he went there, and he was, um, he was taking care of people, and no one wanted to touch this plague, everyone was scared of it, and he went there, and he was, he was taking care of people, he was burying people, he was touching everybody, and he never got infected by this thing, and they said, aren't you afraid of it? And he said, I, I am more aware of him inside of me than I am of that thing. And, and in that place, he was like, if you held that disease, put my hand and that disease in my hand under a microscope, you would actually see that disintegrate and that die instead of the other way around. And I think like, you know, I'm, I'm probably bringing you into just kind of my journey, but it's like, I'm, his vastness and his bigness, he wants us to understand it because he wants us to know that it's actually easy for him. Like a plague or cancer or broken hearts or or whatever it is that we need, it's actually really, really easy for him. And he really wants to do it. So it's not like something where we're like, you know, Rafa read in, in Hebrews where we go boldly before the throne of grace. It's really, we're going boldly before the throne of grace. We really are kids. We really are his children going boldly before the throne of grace. And, and, and he's got what we need. And I think like, it's a gift and I, I like when I, I saw that picture of him sitting on his throne saying, come and get it. Like there's no, there's no gate before you arrive. Like he tore the middle wall of separation. Like he, he just, he tore it down. There's now no separation between us and him. There is no separation between us and healing. There's no separation between us and joy. There's no separation between us and, and fire and, and, like the Holy Ghost fire that consumes you. There's no separation between us and breakthrough. And I, like Abel said, I think last week or the week before we was like, he's like, I'm not mocking process and I'm not either. Like, I understand we go through processes in life and stuff like that, but his gift is there. It's available for us. Healing is available for us. And so I think I'm just in this place where I just want more. I'm, I'm tired of coming to church and, um, not expecting him to radically like pierce my heart. Like I'm, I even like, I'm going to be real with you guys. I have like, like with, um, being a mom, I was, um, in way I was holding Judah and all this stuff. I have this like little cyst right here and I have to like sleep with a brace at night with my other hand. And, 
And I'm like, I'm so tired of expecting this not to go away. I'm like, I'm so tired of seeing this and this being bigger than you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm tired of seeing circumstances. I'm kind of tired of seeing COVID bigger than God. Like, I'm just, and you hear my heart, okay? But I'm just so tired of seeing weakness and sickness and pain and disease bigger than our Jesus. You know? And I think that, like, I think that, like, knowing God in, in, you know, God never changed. You know, in the Old Testament, he's still the same God. He didn't change his nature. He's still all-powerful. He's still almighty. He's still all-huge. You know, like, he didn't change. It's like, Jesus gives us the full expression of who he is. It's like, it's like we saw one part of how big and how powerful and how mighty he is. And then we get to see the other part. And yes, you can find his love and everything like that in the Old Testament. But you really get a taste of his love in the New Testament. Like you really get a taste of his, his, his willingness to just do everything just for you. And um, yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like it just goes hand in hand because when we can realize how big he is, we just realize how small everything else is, you know? And, um, so, yeah, we're only like 15 minutes past eight, so we've got a little bit of time to dive into what he wants for us. Um, Um, our everything that he has in heaven he has for us and I just truly believe that I think we could all agree that heaven is just paradise. That there's just nothing like it. That, and I think too, we'll really come to know the real love of Jesus, the real love of Father. I think, I think we'll look back and and say, man, if I only knew that you were that that you were that loving. And so I I just, I mean, I don't want to, you know, but I I just think, I don't know if it's possible to, to, to actually comprehend how loving he really is. I don't think it's possible to comprehend how really big he is. And so, so all of this is just a setup for you to just dive into whatever it is he has for you, whatever it is that you're seeing as an impossibility, whatever it is that you're seeing, even if it's for someone else, even if it's for a family member or whatever, whatever, like in life, you know, the longer things go on, the more we think, oh man, maybe it's just, it's just the way it is, you know, but it's not meant to be. 
you know, and, and I just, I, I really think that, um, you know, what Pastor Gavin was saying on Sunday about the body of Christ rising up, like we need it, to, it's, but we're, rising up is, is a spiritual thing, you know, like, anyways, the reason I've said that is, um, is because the world needs us to know who we are. Like, I'm just going to share this one last thing because um, I really want to share it. Um, but going back to the Mandalorian and Star Wars, I just think that there are certain movies that can point us to a possibility or a greater understanding of God and, and even our ability on the, or what he wants for us. And I feel like I might ruin this first. Is anyone going to watch the Mandalorian and you're going to, I'm going to ruin it for you. Okay, Jack, just cover your ears. If you don't want to hear this, just cover your ears. If you're listening just online, just cover your ears. If you don't want to know. But it, like the very, very last scene of the of season two is this um, these cra- these these robot guys, and no one can kill them. Like they're literally indestructible, and they're just marching right towards the people that are their target. And the doors are locked, but they're pounding on the doors, and then all of a sudden, out comes this Jedi who has a lightsaber, and he is just easily just killing, killing each one of them. Like, just easily just bam, 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 bam. And, um, and he, he finally, like, makes it to the door, and the guys, people are like, do we open it? I don't know. Like, I'm kind of scared of him. Um, and he opens it, and it's Luke Skywalker. And it's just, like, this moment where I'm like, Ugh, like he he has he has no fear whatsoever he's completely connected to the force that protects him that tells him when the darts are coming that tells him what he needs to do every move he makes and he's not afraid at all and he's headed right for his target which is baby yoda to save baby yoda and all that stuff right so he he's not afraid of anything and it was just this place where i i was i was watching and i was like I didn't really like this series until this moment. And it's like, in this moment, I'm looking and I'm like, he is, there are so many people out there who are looking for people like Luke Skywalker, who have no hope, who see this world and they're a bunch of big, scary robots. And there's literally no hope. There's no salvation. I'm going to die. I have no hope whatsoever. And in comes this Luke Skywalker who kills everything that was in their way and saves the day. And Christ in you, the hope of glory, that the world is longing for us to know who we are, to take a stand and to rise up and to know the force that, that, that we're actually connected to. And that force of who he is really in Job. That mighty, powerful, amazing God that is living and breathing on the inside of us. Does that make sense? Like, it's like, look at your circumstance and like, it's easy for him. 
You know, like it is so easy for him. It's so easy. And so I feel like there might be some of us that are, we're going to go and we're going to go grab that gift. And there might be others of us that you literally need to take whatever it is that is right in front of you and you don't like it. And you need to put it right on his lap. You just need to let him take care of it. So, um, okay. So, um, I'm just going to read real quick. Ephesians 3.16, and then we're going to go into um, also some more praise, worship. Uh, they might be some songs that you don't know, um, and there might be songs that you do know, but it's not really about the songs. Right. It's about you coming close with Jesus and you getting what you need tonight. Mm-hmm. And seeing this night, I, I, I'm just, I think we have to, uh, even me, I have to, I have to think, Tonight, I want to be healed. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm tired of being like, oh, well, maybe when there's a speaker or maybe when it's not about anybody. It's about him, you know? And so, so I, I think we, let's just approach tonight that we're approaching him, you know, like if, as if we were going to, you know, okay. All right. Ephesians 3.16, it says, and I pray that he would unveil within you. And this is the new, um, the uh, Passion Translation. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Wow. Yeah, just close your eyes. I'm going to read that one more time. Because I I don't want to I don't want there to be a huge shift. You know, I want to stay here in focusing right on Jesus and, and finding him and finding out who we are in him. So wherever you are in life, maybe you're like, man, Jesus, I just need you to be my Luke Skywalker. Like, I need you to come in. I don't know if I can. I, I can't be that right now to the world. So I need you to be that for me. And that's okay too. But regardless of whatever it is that you're wanting to get tonight, he's here and he wants to meet you. And he really, really is here. He's right here. He's right in this room. He's not a figment of your imagination. He's not just because the Bible says he is. He really is in this room. So Holy Spirit, I ask that as I read this scripture, that you just let it wash over us. Right now. And I pray that he would unveil within you Omo, J.R., Rafa, Christine. Put your name there. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength right now floods your innermost being with his divine might, his divine might, and explosive power. Jesus, we love you so much, and we thank you for this, this 
next moment that we get to just enter into what you have for us. And we worship you in spirit and in truth. And I thank you, Father God, right now that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. No condemnation. That we are completely white as snow. That your blood paid it all so that we can approach the throne boldly. Boldly. Confidently. So I just... I just cut down that lie that, oh, I've got to do this to go before you. And I just break that right now in Jesus' name. That's not of Jesus. That's not of God. That right now you have free access into his throne room. So I just thank you, Jesus. We're just going to press into you. Thank you for what you do you have done and what you continue to do in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.